Hi, this is Jonathan Horton, one of the pastors here at Grace Christian Fellowship in Odessa, Texas. I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Wherever you are listening to this, I hope that this message encourages you, gives you hope, and reminds you that you are loved. Good morning, everyone. Once again, uh, man, it is Christmas season, and I was thinking, you know, I was out last week on vacation, and while I was gone, uh, y'all decorated the church. So those of you that helped with that, thank you so much. Uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can do that with my family. Be like, all right, guys, I'm going to leave the house for 30 minutes or an hour, have everything decorated with Christmas. So um, uh, how many of you are just crazy about Christmas stuff? You've already got your decorations up at home. How many of you got that? All right, a few of you. How, how many had decorations up before Halloween? You're, you're the weird ones. We just want you to know, all right? You were playing Christmas music before Halloween. You can't do any of those things. Um, but uh, man, I am excited to be on this season where we're going to be walking through and where we'd be talking about the greatest gift ever, which is Jesus. Uh, we're going to be looking at the, this greatest gift, the gift of hope on Christmas Eve this year. Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday, and so uh, we'll just have our, our normal two services that Sunday morning, but we'll be talking about the gift of hope. But during this season, each week, we're going to talk about a, a different gift that Jesus brings uh, to us. Today, we're going to be talking about this gift of peace, that by having a relationship with Jesus, uh, we can have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Uh, that, that's more than the world could ever offer us when it comes to us having uh, this heart and this mindset, really this lifestyle of peace. But many times what we do with these gifts that come from Jesus, we say, hey, we love the gift of salvation that comes from Jesus, but all of these other benefits that helps us have life and life to the full, many times what we do is we kind of just keep those off to the side. We don't focus on them. Uh, We don't really pick those up and make those a part of our life. And and truly we're missing out when we don't allow Jesus and and all the gifts that he brings through um, what he did in his work on the cross uh, to benefit our lives. So what I wanna do is I wanna pray for us and then we're gonna dive into this message on the gift of peace. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful to you. Uh, God, we thank you for coming uh, from heaven to earth, dying on the cross for our sins. And uh, Lord, we thank you for this gift of peace that we're going to talk about that comes uh, through having a relationship with Jesus in our lives. God, I pray that in a fresh new way for each of us today that you would challenge us uh, about this idea of uh, are we living with your peace in our lives? Are we allowing it to affect um, the, how we think, how we act, how we, how we feel, the way that we interact with other people. God, I pray that by the end of today that you would challenge each of us with a step that we can take in the way that we uh, have this gift of peace in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that we kind of had a a last-minute baptism uh, that's going to be at the end of the service today. And so uh, I I tell you that for for two reasons. One, if you hear the water running, that's what it is, right? Uh, Number two, uh, if, if you've been thinking about baptism yourself and you're thinking, hey, why not today? 
I want you to know that that would be available for you uh, as well. We would love to have that conversation with you and, and, and make that happen at the end of service. But hey, we're gonna dive in. And the first thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna look at this passage that was just read up here. Uh, this passage from Isaiah chapter nine, verse Six and, and what this passage does, it was, first off, it was written some 700 years before Jesus walked on this earth, but it foretold one that was going to come, uh, that there were going to be special things about this individual, and it said this. It says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Now, as we see this, this uh, our, our minds instantly begin to think about Jesus, just some of the, the things that it says about him, but it, it says that he will be a wonderful counselor. It says that, that the government will be on his shoulders, that he will be called mighty God, everlasting father, but also this term, prince of peace. And this would be true of how Jesus lived his life. It would be true of what he ushered in with his coming from heaven to earth and living a perfect and sinless life for you and I, that he truly is the Prince of Peace and he is the dispenser of peace in our lives. And when we pursue him, there's a different type of peace that happens for us. And this was talking about this side of it. Now, this piece that it talks about is what the Hebrews would have referred to as shalom. Now, shalom uh, in the Hebrew would often be a hello or a goodbye. Many times uh, for, for people, they would say things like shalom or peace be with you as a hello, or they would say shalom or go in peace. Now, this idea of peace, we just kind of hear it and we have this mindset of, of, you know, maybe you think about peace would be just sitting on the beach and hearing the waves come in and, and the seagulls trying to steal your food and those types of things. Or it might be being up in a mountain and just uh, kind of the quietness of that and hearing the animals around you. For me, it's sitting in front of a campfire and, and watching the fire dance and, and it just, you know, being this kind of perfect moment. But we think about often kind of this tranquil or quiet time when it comes to peace. But the way that scripture used peace is often not this idea of, hey, I just need to get away from it all. Everything needs to be quiet and peaceful. No, it was this kind of different mindset of peace in the midst of activity that's happening. And, and so uh, MacArthur, he talks about this idea of shalom and he, and, and he relates it to this word that's from an Indian tribe in Guatemala that helps us to kind of understand it. John MacArthur says this, Close to the meaning of the Hebrew word shalom, uh, which is peace, is, is a word used by the Indians of Guatemala who define peace as quiet goodness. The term they use conveys the idea of something that is active and aggressive, not just a rest in one own, one's own heart away from troublesome circumstances. The biblical concept of peace, MacArthur says, does not focus on the absence of trouble. Biblical peace is unrelated to circumstances. It's a goodness of life that is not touched by what happens on the outside. You may be in the midst of great trials and still have biblical peace. So what this is setting up for us is that 
you can still have trouble. You can still have problems. You can still have difficulty and still at the same time experience this peace that comes from Jesus. And we've got to weigh this out because sometimes we just think, no, I've got to retreat. Things, things have to be calm and good and everything go well in my life in order for me to really feel like I'm living this good life that God has designed for me. And that's just not how it works. In fact, Jesus even told us that that's not how it's going to work. He said in John chapter 16, verse 33, as he was talking to his disciples, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, Jesus says. He goes, hey, here, I'm, I'm sharing these things with you so that you will have peace, but also you're going to have trouble. You're going to have difficulty. You, you can have peace amongst the storms of life as well, and we need to realize that this can happen. And this, in fact, is how we're supposed to walk as Christians in this world. It makes me think about uh, hurricanes. So I lived in Florida for a little bit of time, and I hadn't been in Florida for that long until we had had Hurricane Irma come through. It was going to be a Category 5 hurricane, and they said that it was uh, going to hit the Tampa area. It ended up not hitting Tampa, but hurricanes are interesting. They talk about it for like two weeks, and you get ready for it. Everybody steals all the gasoline and buys all the water uh, in town, and then it goes and hits some other area, right? That's kind of how it works. But uh, So we're, we're all getting ready for this hurricane. Now, hurricanes, they're, they're interesting because they, they can be 300 miles wide, just this giant storm. And in the midst of this storm, the winds can be 160 miles an hour. Uh, it can rip down trees and other things, but then also it can suck water out of some areas. It can displace it all into another area and just flood things as well. But what's interesting about a hurricane and why I think it relates so well to this idea of this gift of peace that Jesus has for you and I is that the eye of the storm, the eye of the hurricane, it's oftentimes about 20 to, to 40 miles wide. And in the midst of that eye, it's pretty calm. Uh, I've never been in the middle of one. I think it'd be pretty neat too, right? But can you imagine being in the midst of a storm? Things are just wild. And then all of a sudden, the sun comes back out. The wind by, dies down. The trees aren't bending over from the weight of the storm any longer. And you're just in peace. You realize, hey, there's a storm around you, but you're not feeling it. I think this is the perfect picture of what it looks like to have the peace that Jesus uh, has to offer to you and I, this gift of peace in our lives. See, I, I think that we can accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and still not be leaning into this gift of peace that he has for you. Because this can be an area of our lives where we just keep thinking, no, I've got to control it. I've got to take care of this. And Jesus is saying, hey, I've done some things to help you with this. He says that he, or in scripture, Paul reminds us that, that Jesus can give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Do you have the peace that Jesus has to offer you? Are you living in that type of way? Today, what I want to do is I want to share uh, maybe uh, three things with you and have you begin to evaluate, do I have this type of peace in my life when it comes to your relationship with Jesus? The first one is this, and this is kind of the, the linchpin of everything else that we're gonna talk about is, do you have peace with God? 
Because Jesus, the, the gift of Jesus in our lives, really made peace with God a possibility for all of humanity. Now, uh, when Jesus was, uh, I'm sorry, when Adam and Eve were on this earth, right? Everything was brand new. God had created them. Things were perfect and awesome. Adam's naming all the animals. How cool would that be, right? And, and, and they're able to walk with God even better, right? But then they sin. They mess up. And there becomes this separation between them and God, between us and God. Sin comes into this world, and now all of a sudden, there's a break between us. There's, there's a break in our relationship. God is perfect and holy and cannot be um, with sin. And so God, at that moment, he begins to work a plan about how he is going to save us because he loves you. There's nobody that loves you more than the one true God loves you. And so he wanted to make that relationship right. And so Jesus, right, he made it possible for us to have peace with God. And we don't really think about how just crucial this is. I love the way that Colossians explains this. Colossians chapter one says it so well as Paul's writing this uh, to uh, this church and to Timothy. He says, for God, I was starting in verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, being Jesus, and through him to reconcile or to bring to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So we see that, that, that God made peace. He reconciled the earth back to himself through Jesus's blood that was shed on the cross. Jesus was able to be this perfect sacrifice because he was born... He came from heaven to earth, lived a perfect and sinless life on this earth, and then went to the cross, becoming the sacrifice for you and I. And it was his blood on the cross that did that. And this had to happen. It continues to tell us why it had to happen. It says this, once you were alienated from God, were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free of accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, your, uh, became a servant. And so some of what we see here is we're reminded that we were alienated. Our bad behavior separated us from God, our sin separated us. And, and, and many times we don't see that same concept, this idea that, that we're literally hopeless and having a relationship with God if it wasn't for Jesus coming from heaven to earth for you and I. And so we've got to be thankful for this peace that we can now have um, with God. But also, here's what we need to remember, is that scripture told us this. It told us some new things about who we are once we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It says that you are holy, without blemish, free from accusation. We don't always see ourselves this way. We see ourselves more like Adam and Eve who sinned and then hid from God. And when you mess up, when, you, when your life isn't right, even though you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, it, it seems like more often... It's like we're still imagining that this sin is breaking our relationship with God and we're hiding from God. We're not running to him in the way that we should. And we need to quit acting like Adam and Eve that was running from God 
And if you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you need to realize that he says that you're his child, that you're holy and blameless. He loves you and cares about you and you need to quit kind of hiding away in your guilt and you need to go before God and say, man, I'm sorry. When you've messed up, uh, run to him. Don't run away from him. But also it's his love that should cause us to daily want to live better for him. It should be his love and his pursuit of you that should cause us to want to throw off the ways of our flesh and the ways of this world and start living for him. We don't want to keep sinning. We want to live the way that God has called us to live. You are holy. Do you realize that? Do you realize that you can have peace and you do have peace in your relationship with God because of Jesus, this matters so much. Jesus gave you the gift of peace. The second thing I want you to know this is that, that Jesus' gift of peace allows you to have peace with yourself. In the midst of ourselves, there's so many things that we can struggle with just from an internal uh, side of things, kind of mental games, uh, the, the things that weigh heavy on our hearts, all of these different things. Jesus allows you, his uh, time on earth allows you to have peace with yourself. John 14, 27, uh, Jesus uh, mentioned this and he was talking specifically about the Holy Spirit here. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Uh, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In this passage, Jesus is saying, all right, I, I, I've got something, guys. He's, he's saying, I, I'm getting ready to leave, but one of the things that as I leave, I'm going to leave a helper with you. I'm going to, to have peace for you. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is something that maybe uh, you haven't relied on. Maybe you, maybe you do on a re regular basis, but have you thought about it lately in this idea of peace? That you lean on the Holy Spirit to allow you to experience this gift of Jesus's peace in your life. Because he tells us, he, he says, all right, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. If you gauge your heart, if you look at it here recently, have you allowed your heart to be uh, ridden with trouble or anxiety or fear in these types of ways? And, and, and what Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I've sent a helper to help you get through whatever troubles, whatever storms. Think back to the hurricane analogy. That while the storm of life is raging around you, internally, if you feel like you have a storm raging in your life, he's saying, Hey, my peace can help you through the Holy Spirit, can help you to stand firm in the midst of it. God is going to take care of you. Uh, my prayer for you is, is what uh, Paul prayed in, in uh, 2 Thessalonians uh, to them. He says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Imagine if we walked with that same type of confidence, this inner uh, help from the Holy Spirit, helping you walk in confidence at all times, having this peace that comes from Jesus. Now, the last thing that I wanna share with you in the midst of this idea, this, this gift of peace that comes from Jesus is that you can have peace with others. Peace with others. Romans 12, 18 says this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's interesting that it says, if it's possible. It is possible with Jesus. But the question is, how often are we thinking, 
hey, one of the things that I'm supposed to do as a follower of Jesus is to live at peace with others. I think it's something that we've been maybe underselling in our practice uh, of living with peace with all people, even people that are enemies, even people uh, that, that don't make it easy for you to, to, to live at peace with them. We serve a savior that said things like, hey, if somebody strikes you on one cheek, turn the other to them, right? He didn't talk about if they hit you on the other cheek, what's supposed to happen then, right? right? But God wants us to be this people that, that we're not quick to just fight other people. We're not quick to get angry, to, to slam our fist on the table, to, to, to yell out commands to people. Uh, we shouldn't be quick to just get into a rage as somebody cuts us off or something doesn't go our way. But how often do we live that type of way? Man, I find that happening in my life all the time. And Jesus is, is, is this peace that he wants us to live for. Isaiah told us that he's the prince of peace. When you gauge your heart recently, when you think about your mindset recently, are you living this life where you're quick to just let things roll off your back. You don't have to have the last word. You don't have to get even. You don't have to tear somebody down with the way that you're speaking to them. You don't have to. We can live above it. We can live in the midst of the storm around us when everybody else is acting foolish. You can be wise because the Holy Spirit's leading you. Because you have a different piece that says, I don't have to act how everybody else wants me to act or, or as they're coaxing me into it. No, I'm going to love people. I'm gonna serve people. I'm gonna be this person that's, that has peace because Jesus has given it to me. Now, in the midst of this, this is really difficult, right? This is something that, that I think takes a ton of spiritual maturity to be in a place where you're not constantly or, or even every just intermittently flying off the handle with people. Uh, but in this as well, there's a way to do this where you're not just letting people walk over you too. Uh, you can actually have real and tough conversations with people, but do it in a peaceful way, in a loving way that helps them realize when they've done wrong as well. well we see that this not only is a mindset, but it's a heart condition as well. In Colossians 3.15, it says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. How is this peace of Christ ruling in your hearts? I can tell you this, if you have unforgiveness, if you have hate, you're not allowing it to rule in your heart the way that God wants to. He wants to allow that peace to, to overcome that hate, to overcome that unforgiveness. Uh, he wants you to continue to live in such a way where you're taking complete hold of this peace that he has for you th uh, through how he came to, to this earth. So Christians in the room, those of you that have already made Jesus your Lord and Savior, how are you doing in this area? This Christmas season, are you going to kind of say, hey, I need to re-up and kind of opening this gift of peace that Jesus has given me? I need to maybe say sorry to some people, maybe even this morning, some people. They say, man, I just, I don't know why I'm flying off the handle so quick. I don't know why I'm just so quick to feel like I'm jumping into the storm instead of allowing God to be the peace in the midst of it. Do you need to quit hiding from God in your life 
You say, God, I'm running into your arms. I am a child of God. I am love. I am pure. I am blameless because of Jesus. Christians, don't just leave this gift of peace off to the side. Live in it. And the world will look at you and say, what is different about that person? And they'll be drawn to you because of the peace of Christ in your life. If you're in the room today and you haven't made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I can tell you that this is one huge gift that you're missing. The gift of peace that Jesus wants to bring to your life. I mean, he wants to help in lots of ways, but this is one of those ways that he wants to help in a big way. To help you kind of be in the midst of the storm, be like, all right, God's got me. Things can be better. So if today you want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I want, I want to help you take that step. Uh, Jesus says that you believe in him and you confess his name. Uh, and so if you want to invite Jesus into your life today, you can just repeat this prayer after me in the quietness of where you're at. So I want to invite everybody, close your eyes, bow your head. And if you want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, just repeat after me. Dear Lord, I believe in you and I need you. Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Today, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. Today, Jesus, I ask you change my life. Make me brand new. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray, amen. Well, if you made that decision first off, welcome to the family of God. Uh, we are so grateful for you. I had somebody text me this last week and said, I accepted Jesus last Sunday. And I was so pumped uh, to be able to hear that. Truly, it's the greatest decision that you can make. And I also wanna remind you, if you're here today and you're like, hey, I'm interested in baptism. I'm, I'm getting ready to walk through those doors and, and, and go get ready to baptize somebody. If you want... Uh, to be baptized today, or if you want to have a conversation about what that looks like, uh, you can feel free to follow me right through there as well. And, and hey, it's a good day to get baptized, right? But church family, uh, let's go ahead and stand. Let's worship our Savior in heaven. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Make sure to subscribe to this channel so that you can keep up with new content as it becomes available. We would also ask that if you have been encouraged by this ministry, that you would consider partnering with us financially. Your support helps us to continue our mission of helping people move from where they are to where God is calling them to be. You can find all the ways to give at graceodessa.com give. Thank you.